Hello and welcome to Fellows Choice Podcast, where we will outline the highlights of the September issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I am Eric Estrada from the Hospital General San Juan de Dios in Guatemala. And I'm Emma Allenson, a Ghani Oncology Fellow with the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, recording this podcast from the beautiful tropical paradise of Hamilton Island in far north Queensland where we are currently spending time with the birds and the turtles while attending the International Gynecological Cancer Society conference virtually. In this month's lead article, Dr Christina Fotopoulou from the Imperial College London and collaborators present the ESGO guidelines for the perioperative management of patients with ovarian cancer. These guidelines complement the 2020 quality indicators for advanced ovarian cancer surgery and consolidate the promoted systemic advances and surgical expertise with adequate perioperative management. In developing these guidelines, ESGO nominated an international multidisciplinary group who have demonstrated leadership and expertise in the care of women and research into ovarian cancer. A systematic literature search was undertaken and critically appraised in order to ensure the guidelines are based on the best available evidence as well as expert agreement. The key aspects of perioperative care and complication management are discussed in these guidelines in order to improve the quality of care of women with advanced ovarian cancer around the world and thus reduce iatrogenic morbidity. The next article presented is chemoradiation versus radiation alone in stage 3b cervical cancer patient with or without HIV. Dr. Grover from the University of Pennsylvania present an interesting prospective observational core study of patients with FIGO stage 3b cervical cancer in Botswana from February 2013 to June 2018. The study aims to evaluate the effect of chemoradiation versus radiation alone in patients with clinical FIGO stage 3b cervical cancer and HIV status. The study showed a significant two-year improved overall survival in patients receiving chemoradiation versus radiation alone, regardless of HIV status, 59% versus 41%. Moreover, in patients receiving an inadequate radiation dose of less than 80 gray, addition of chemotherapy also resulted in improved adjusted overall survival rates compared to radiation alone, with a hazard ratio of 0.45%. Hence, the author concludes that chemoradiation in patients with FIGO stage 3b does result in improved overall survival and can be useful in resource-limited setting regardless of HIV status and particularly in patients who did not receive the adequate radiation doses. In this next article, Refusal of Surgery and Survival Outcomes in Endometrial Cancer, Dr. Strobha from Utah University presents an analysis of the National Cancer Database and tries to determine the impact refusal of surgery has on overall survival in endometrial cancer patients. From January 2014 to December 2015, of the 300,675 patients identified, 534 were recommended surgical treatment but refused. For this group, the five-year overall survival was significantly decreased at 29.2% compared to 71.9% in patients who underwent surgery. When analysing the cohort by age, a decreased overall survival was noted at ages between 41 and 64 at 65.5% compared to 91% in the patients that underwent surgery, and for patients older than age 64 at 23.4% compared to 75.3%. Five-year overall survival was not decreased in the younger cohort at less than age 41, at 87.8% compared to 90.1%. 
Even though refusal of surgery for endometrial cancer patients is rare, it resulted in worse outcomes for the entire cohort, particularly for the older patient cohorts. In young patients, it did not reach statistical significance to show an impact on overall survival, but it is unknown if these patients received hormonal treatment for fertility preservation. The next article presented Association of Patient Reported Outcomes and Ovarian Cancer Recurrence. Dr. Cargo presented an original research on the Association of Patient Reported Outcomes and Ovarian Cancer Recurrence. They try to assess if patient-reported outcomes during surveillance is of a diagnostic value besides imaging and CA-125, which were used to establish the presence or absence of recurrence. They hypothesized that patient-reported deteriorations in symptoms or quality of life may predict recurrence. This study is based on the data from the Observational Multicenter Promova study from Denmark where patients with ovarian cancer completed the European Organization of Research and Treatment of Cancer AORTC C30 and OB28 questionnaires. C30 included functional symptoms, a global health scale, and six single items. The OB28 assesses a range of symptoms specific for ovarian cancer, in addition to body image, attitude toward disease or treatment, and sexual function. In the result, although a number of symptoms worsened in the months preceding recurrence, their magnitude was not of diagnostic value. Next up, Fazagaba and collaborators present interesting original research on the impact of the SARS-CoV-2 global pandemic on gynecologic oncology trainees. They conducted an international survey to evaluate the impact of SARS-CoV-2 on clinical practice, education and mental well-being of surgical gynaecologic oncology trainees from 34 countries from May to November of 2020. A total of 127 trainees responded. 28% of respondees had suspected or confirmed COVID-19. 28% had experienced a fall in household income. 20% were self-isolated from households. 45% had to reuse personal protective equipment and 22% purchased their own equipment. Surgical exposure was reduced for 50% of trainees. Departmental teaching continued throughout the pandemic for 69% of trainees, although it reduced frequency for 16.1% of respondents and virtually for 88.5% of respondents. Trainees reporting adequate dedicated mentors or access to occupational health support services had better mental well-being with lower levels of anxiety and depression with a p-value of 0.02 and distress with a p-value of less than 0.01. Trainees from countries with the national training program experienced higher levels of distress. Mean pre-pandemic mental well-being scores were significantly higher than post-pandemic scores at 8.3 versus 7. The authors highlight that SARS-CoV-2 has negatively impacted the surgical training, household income and psychological and mental well-being of surgical gynaecological oncology trainees. The last article presented is Determining Postoperative Morbidity and Mortality Following Gynaecological Oncology Surgery, a protocol for a multicenter international prospective cohort study, the Global Gynaecological Oncology Surgical Outcomes Collaborative. The Global Gynaecological Oncology Surgical Outcome Collaborative led in this paper by Faisa Gaba, presents a protocol for the group's first collaborative study. It is an international multicenter prospective cohort study that evaluates 
the international variation in post-operative morbidity and mortality following gynecological oncology surgery in high and low-income countries. The collaborative aims to provide risk-adjusted patient-level outcomes data to advise human development index country group-specific policy formation. Primary endpoints in the trial are 30-day post-operative morbidity and mortality, as defined by the Clavin-Dindo classification system. 550 women, each from high- and low-middle-income country settings, will be recruited. Data is expected to be published in 2023. Thank you for joining us for our look at this month's Table of Contents podcast. We look forward to seeing you again in October.